Welcome to this week's message from Pastor Jeff Spooniebarger at First Baptist Church, Gulf Breeze, located in the heart of Gulf Breeze, Florida. I heard about a successful businessman who was growing old, and then he decided to give his business to a successor. He decided not to give to his children. He decided not to give to his board of directors. He decided to give his business to his young executives. He announces this to the young executives saying, I'm going to make one of you the CEO of this company. Everybody was so excited. And he said, but today I'm going to give you a special seed to every one of you. You have to go plant it. And exactly one year later, come to me with what you have produced with that seed. And then I will judge accordingly. And then I'll make you a CEO to this company. One of the young executive, his name is Jim. He goes home excited, taking that seed. He tells his wife what the CEO has told them. The couple got excited, got the fertilizer, got the soil, planted the seed, started watering the seed. Couple weeks passed by. He went to the office. He heard people saying, oh, mine started to bloom. Mine started to bud. Mine started to give fruits and flowers. And here is Jim, had nothing in his part very discouraged. Couple months passed by, he knew that he killed his seed. Felt a failure, embarrassed. And the time came when CEO asked, it's one year now, get what you have produced. All of them brought their beautiful plants, some short, some tall, some with flowers, some with fruits. When they looked at Jim's part, they said, they laughed at him. Some of them felt sorry for him. He was hiding behind people, taking his empty part. The old CEO saw him hiding behind people. He asked the financial guy, bring Jim to the front. And he brought Jim to the front. And he asked him what happened, and Jim explained to him what happened. And the old man made all the people sit, and he announced Jim as the CEO. Everybody was perplexed, what in the world this old man is doing? Did he lose his mind? Why is he choosing Jim as an executive? He did not even produce anything. The old man said, The seed that I gave you was a boiled seed. You can never produce anything out of it. I gave you a dead seed. All of you have substituted that seed with a live seed and wanted to impress me. But Jim was honest. Jim had integrity. He put the dead seed, he watered the dead seed for an ear and brought an empty pot. 
Integrity is more important in ministry. Don't substitute seeds for position. Don't substitute seeds for power. This morning, as we are going through a season of transition, I tell you, we are going through a challenging time, not a crisis. It is challenging, not crisis. Why do I say that? Because we have not yet come to December 31st. If we pass December 31st, and by January 1st, if you don't have a shepherd, that's crisis. But we have a shepherd right now, and we are in a challenging time to select a shepherd for ourselves. I want us to consider three things today. I, I try to answer three questions today. What to look for in a shepherd? Second, what is the time frame that we need to look for a shepherd? And finally, where to look for Three questions. I'll try my best to be in time. First and foremost, that you and I have to consider while looking at a shepherd is this. Is he called by God? Is he called by God himself? I heard a family in India come up to me and said, Pastor, here is my son, who is in full-time ministry. She was so excited to introduce her son to me. He is in full-time ministry. I said, Amen. What does he do in ministry? Uh, I mean, Pastor, he plays, he plays the guitar. Uh, okay, what else does he do? He sings. Okay, what is he called to do, ma'am? I mean, he can do anything in ministry. He's called to full-time ministry. He led few... Small mission trips. Oh, wow. Ma'am, you still didn't answer my question. What did he call to do? I mean, I guess he plays guitar and sings well and people like him. I think he's called to be a musician. Ma'am, you still didn't answer my question. Because what you think your son is, you think depending on the fame. And the paycheck, you keep thinking differently afterwards. But what did he called to do, ma'am? The answer was, I don't know. Do we know what God has called us to do for? We will pick up the same place where Jeff, Jeff preached last time. If you have your Bibles, turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 20. Verse 28. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flocks among you, which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. If nothing terrifies you, this should terrify you. People substitute seeds to become pastors. Therefore, take heed to yourself and to the flock. Among you, which the Holy Spirit has made you what? An overseer, an elder, a shepherd. God has given you that authority, but it is specific authority. 
It is to shepherd his people. Why? Why should we be terrified? Because the following verse says, He purchased with his own blood. The last drop of his blood, he purchased his church. Don't play church. If you are called to be a missionary, stick to missions. If you are called to be a teacher, stick to teaching. If you are called to be an evangelist, stick to be an evangelist. Overseeing, shepherding is a call from God. Don't take it lightly. There are so many gifts that we see. Ephesians chapter 4 that we all know. Some are called to be apostles. Some are called to be prophesying. That means in the context, not the foretelling, but preaching the word of God. And then teachers, and then shepherds, and then shepherd teachers. But is it all that we got, the church got? No. Romans chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Ephesians chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4 gives almost 20 spiritual gifts to the church. That each one of us as believer, we got a gift to further the kingdom of God. God has bestowed those 20 spiritual gifts on us to serve him. Some of us have more than one gift. What to do with pastor? I have multiple gifts just like this young man who can play a guitar, who can sing, who led small mission teams. But everyone of us have a specific calling, a primary calling. Let me explain you. King David, what are his gifts? You can speak to me. What? He's a musician and? Shepherd, shepherd and? Warrior. He's a lyricist. He's, he wrote songs. He's a great administrator. He made instruments. Out of all the gifts that God has given him, what was his primary calling? To shepherd the people of Israel. That is his calling. 1 Samuel chapter 16. Saul is sitting and crying over Saul. Samuel is sitting over and crying over Saul. God says, Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? I have prepared myself a shepherd for this people. Go to the house of Jesse and anoint the one that I have selected. To shepherd is a very specific calling. My friends, have you ever saw in, your, in the corporate world, engineering is a certificate, right? But not all engineering is engineering. You can be a software engineer, you can be a hardware engineer, you can be an electrical engineer, you can be a civil engineer. A civil engineer cannot do what software engineer does. But in ministry, we are doing that. Just because you have a certificate, you are switching roles. You're doing everything in life. What are you called for? What is your calling? What is my calling? Timothy says, Paul to Timothy, he who aspires, that means he who desires to be an elder, that means he who desires to be a pastor, it's a good thing to desire to be a pastor. Where does that come from? Holy Spirit God 
has put the desire in you to be a pastor. How does that look like? If Shane and Shane has to come to Pensacola, guess who's excited? It's Matthew Duncan. Guess if Chuck Swindoll has to come, a pastor preacher to this town, guess who's excited? It's me and my sister Leanna. If there is a mission organization who's planning and strategizing to reach the unreached people group, guess who's excited? Jeff! God puts the desire in you. I don't jump when an opera singer comes to Pensacola because I don't have a sense of music. My heart doesn't jump when an opera singer comes here, but my heart jumps when a pastor comes. Matthew Duncan's heart is made for music. God has designed him in such a way that he is to lead worship. He jumps for those things. And the second thing, how God confirms his calling is through scripture. As you spend time with the word of God, God will reveal himself to you. And finally, he will confirm the call through the saints of God. People will recognize that gift in you. They will encourage you. When these three things fall in a place, that's when you need to know God's will is there. This is not a New Testament theme. It's in the Old Testament. When David, King David was selected, three things had to happen. God selected David, but who confirmed it? Samuel confirmed it. Just because Samuel confirmed it, did he made a king? No. People should choose him. It's the people who came to David and said, be our king. Three things should fall in place for somebody to be a pastor. First, it should be called by God. Second, it should be confirmed by elders. Third, people should choose him. If one of this is not in place, that means you're not called for that. Second, I want us to consider whoever is called by God, the very next step is they will commune with God. God says, yes, I want to use you, but I want to prepare you before I use you. It's just like selecting a person for a baseball. I have to teach you how to hold the bat and pitch the ball before you go and play. God has called you. God is willing to train you. Are we intentional to spend time with the Lord, communing with God? Our effectiveness in ministry does not come from our calling. Our effectiveness in ministry does not come out of our charisma. Our effectiveness in ministry does not come because of our communication skills. Our effectiveness in ministry comes with the communion with the one who has called you. How is your communion? First time Moses ever faced God. Exodus chapter 3 on Mount Sinai. Exodus chapter 24. He spends 40 days and 40 nights with God. Exodus chapter 34. Second time Moses spends 40 days and 40 nights with God fasting. My friends, if you are beholding the glory of God, there is nothing that you would think. Neither food nor water. He is too beautiful to behold. For us on this side, we think, oh my goodness, 40 days. But for him who is beholding the glory of God, 40 days were like four seconds. 
He, want, he longs to see this God more and more. Communion looks like that. When you spend time with the Lord, when you come down the mountain, your skin and your face are shining. Aaron and the elders could not even come close to him. His communion with God was so deep that his face, the transformation that took place in his heart, his face started to shine. Is there a transformation in our lives? How is our communion? Moses spent time on the Mount of Sinai. David spent communion with the Lord in the fields of Bethlehem. Jesus himself, the good shepherd, spent time with his father on the Mount of Olives. Peter spent time with Jesus three years and he became part of inner group, the shepherd that God chose. Where is your communion? Do you have a prayer closet that you go to, that you spend time with the Lord? Is there a place of vulnerability? Communion with God is very important. We spend more time listening to podcasts, blogs, reading, vlogs, and social media, statistics and strategies. And we spend less time with the word of God and on our knees to pray. Our churches have become more business models than a biblical model. We depend on the principles of the world than on the principles that God has given us. Where are we spending our time? Do you have a place of communion? When you are called by God, and when you commune with God, the outcome is your character will become like God. When we choose the next shepherd, how does that shepherd look like? Where do we have to see in his life that we say, this is the man of God for us? What areas of life do we have to see in that man? There are three things that I want to propose to you this afternoon. First, look at this man of God in a mundane life. Anybody can be a superhero. Anybody can be a super loving person on a Sunday. Is he loving to you? Is he listening to you on a Monday? Is he walking with you on a Tuesday? Is he praying, praying with you on a Wednesday? That's the mundane life that God is looking for. We can flash a great sermon on a Sunday, but what happens to the rest of the week? Do I feed the flock? Do I tend the flock? In a mundane life, I cannot imagine a better picture than Moses. 600,000 people, not 40 days. 40 years he walked with them. Moses led with his feet. Moses provided with his hands. Moses spoke the law of God. Above all else, what fascinates me is he hears 600 people murmuring and grumbling and complaining. That is the ministry of Moses. If you as a shepherd don't have an ear to listen, you should not shepherd the people. Do you have the patience to listen to your flock? How long can you listen? Man, one of the toughest things in a ministry is to listen to people. There is so much brokenness. There is lengthy stories. 
Do you have patience to sit and listen to the stories of the flock? Two things, sorry, three things from the life of Moses in a mundane life that I want us to consider. First, long-suffering. Exodus chapter 32. When Moses delayed coming, when he was with God, people wanted Aaron to be their leader. And when Aaron becomes the leader, Aaron says, give me your gold. And everybody gives their gold and he makes a golden calf. And everybody sacrificed to the calf. And the very next thing that you see is party, dancing, drunkenness. God's wrath was kindled to see them worshiping the calf, not the creator. And God says, Moses, I'm done. These people are stiff-necked people. I'm going to consume them in my wrath, and I will make you a great nation. Man. If I was in Moses' place, that's a win-win situation for me. Lord, kill the 600,000 people. I am tired of these people. Kill them and make a great nation out of me. Moses had long suffering like God because he communed with God. He had the heart of God. He said, Lord, what would Egyptians think, Lord? He brought them just to kill them in the wilderness. Lord, please don't do that, Lord. Please forgive them, Lord. And one of the most beautiful things that Moses does is, Lord, remember the covenant that you made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Lord, remember your own covenant, Lord. And God said, I relent my wrath. Oh, we need shepherds who will stand in between his sheep and God to seek for forgiveness on behalf of the crowd, on behalf of the flock, on behalf of the sheep. Long-suffering. Guess what Jonah did? Jonah knew that God was long-suffering and slow to wrath. Jonah knew that God would forgive Nineveh. That's why he didn't go. He doesn't want God to forgive the nation of Nineveh. He wants God to destroy the nation of Nineveh. Jonah didn't have a heart of long-suffering. Moses had the heart of long-suffering. Second, the patience. Exodus chapter 18, when Jethro brings his daughter and two sons, he saw Moses doing something. The scripture says, since we don't have time, I'm going to just follow you through. The context says, Moses sat in the morning till lunch break, Three o'clock? No. From morning till evening, listening to the petitions of the people, judging the people. And Jethro said, are you doing this by all yourself? No, 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 no. It's not good, Moses. Don't do this all by yourself. Select elders. Select able men. He says three qualities that this man should have. The fear of God. Second, men of truth. Finally, who hate covetousness. Select this kind of people to be heads over thousands, heads over hundreds. Elders is a biblical theology. God 
knows that we cannot hold the whole weight on our shoulders. God gives people to help. Jethro gave this wise counsel. If I was in Moses' place, I would have said, Father-in-law, thank you for bringing your daughter to me. No, thank you. Do you even know who I am? I am that great Moses. I lead these people. Do you even know who I am? In Numbers chapter 12, God talks about me. You know what God talks about me? To Miriam and Aaron? To my people, I speak in visions and dreams, but to my servant Moses, I speak to him face to face. Not in riddles, not in dark sayings, but plain language. I speak to him face to face on a daily basis. Moses could have said, no, thank you, Jethro. I have my God with me. Verse 24 says, Moses heeded the voice of his father-in-law. Humbleness, teachable spirit. Shepherds should have this teachable spirit. Shepherds should have this patience to hear the stories day in and day out of their flock. Shepherds should have long-suffering. In a mundane life, you will see this. Second, I want us to consider the crisis. One's character is revealed in crisis, not only on a mundane life. King David had three kinds of crisis. When his sheep was attacked by lion and the bear, when his people were mocked by Goliath, he killed all the three. Shepherds need to fight for the flock and feed the flock. Two sides of ministry in a shepherd's life. Most of us are good at feeding people. We don't fight for our flocks anymore. Second, when Saul chased him, David's sword was as close as to his upper garment. He cuts a piece of the garment and goes away. In that crisis, when Saul was chasing him, he could have killed Saul and become king next day. He did not kill. Why? Presence of God is more important than the position and the power. Don't substitute seeds for power. What happened to your integrity? You're called to be a musician, stay musician. If you're called to be a teacher, stay as a teacher. If you are a preacher, be a preacher. Not all preachers are good shepherds, my friends. But all good shepherds are great preachers. Back home, my pastor David, 15 years ago, been offered, a guy came to our church from Lifeway. He heard my pastor preach. And he said, man, America needs to hear this gospel. He persuaded him so much, he booked flights for 45 days. Best hotels, best luxury that he could ever have. Lifeway International. 15 years ago, he took a trip. He came to America, preached in places for 45 days and came back home. Guess what he said? After first week, he started missing his flock. Second week, he started to miss his flock even more. Guess what? It's been 15 years he never stepped into America. He loves the flock so much. You give him a million dollars, he would not step. Because for him, it's flock. 
It's his sheep that he's going to work for and die for. And finally, his own son Absalom chased him. That's another crisis. To kill him, the word of God says, he went before them, he went behind them. That means he was the first person to take the bullet for the sheep. We need a shepherd who will take a bullet for us. The third stage of our lives. First, in a mundane life, someone's character is revealed. Second, in crisis, our character is revealed. Finally, at the end of our life, when we are on the deathbed, our character is revealed. How did these shepherds show themselves? Numbers chapter 27, verse 12 through 17. The Lord said to Moses, Go up into this mountain of Ebarim and see the land that I have given to the people of Israel. When you have seen it, you also shall be gathered to your people as your brother Aaron was. That means it's a, he was about to die. He comes up to this mountain of Ebarim and sees the land which flows with milk and honey. And God says, Moses, you're not making there. But Lord, why? I walked 40 years with them. You don't, you don't allow me to enter the promised land? I started this journey in Exodus 3, Lord. Lord, this is unfair on you. 40 years I served your people, and you don't let me step into the promised land? Was that his concern? No. Let's see what his concern was. Moses spoke to the Lord, saying, Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, Appoint a man over the congregation who shall go out before them and come in before them. At the point of his death, he's not worried about him going to the promised land. At the point of his death, he's thinking about his sheep. That's what communion does. When you commune with the good shepherd, you think like a shepherd. You act like a shepherd. 1 Kings chapter 148, David's, before he closes his eyes, he says this, also the king said, thus, blessed be the Lord God of Israel who has given one to sit on my throne this day. My eyes have seen it. My eyes have seen it. Not because his son was on the throne. That's not brought him joy because there was someone to take care of his sheep after him. My eyes have seen the faithfulness of God. After me comes Solomon. And then Jesus, before going to the Father, this good shepherd, this great shepherd says, Peter, do you love me? In John chapter 21. Three times, Peter, do you love me? Feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Tend my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Before this good shepherd goes back to his father, he's concerned about his sheep. At the end of our lives, the character is revealed. Called by God, communed with God, and character like God. A word of encouragement and a suggestion to the people who are in committees. The transition committee, the search committee, the stewardship committee, if you are seated here, I want you to consider this. I showed you what to look for in a shepherd. 
Now I want to tell you how not to look. Before King David became the king, how did people saw him? Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 16, he goes to Jesse's house. His firstborn Eliab comes forward and Samuel God gets up to anoint him and God says, he is not the one that I chose. What's wrong with prophet Samuel? What did he see? He looked at his appearance and physical stature. Don't look at appearance and physical stature. Second, Saul looked at David and said, you cannot go against this Philistine. You are but a youth. That means he's looking at the age of David. And finally, Goliath looks at David and says, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? You're only but a youth. Goliath looks at him, his age and his equipment that he has. Don't look to the coming shepherd with this physical eyes. Let's look with the spiritual eyes. Let's open our maturity. Let's open up our spiritual eyes to see what, guy, what kind of a shepherd that God wants us to have, who can rule over us, who can walk with us in the valley. A word to the congregation. The first kind of a shepherd is a shepherd that God chose. And now the second kind of shepherd is a shepherd that people chose. There is a possibility that you may choose. Allow God to choose for you. This is how the church would look like if you chose. Exodus chapter 32 verse 1. People came to Aaron and then the party began. 2 Samuel chapter 15. 2 Samuel chapter 15, verse 1. After this it happened that Absalom provided himself with chariots and horses and 50 men to run before him. Fake leadership. You have your own office, you have a flower vase, and you have a secretary for yourself, and you are the CEO. You make yourself a lot of things in life. Absalom did the same thing. He had a chariot. He hired 50 people to run before the chariot. Doesn't make him a king. Text says, Oh, how I wish I was the judge. I could have helped you. He was outside the courts of David. People are going to David. He stopped them and said, oh, nobody's going to listen to you inside. I wish I was your judge. I would have cleared this outside for you. Bible says, he had the heart of people. It says, 11, verse 11, and with Absalom went 200 men invited from Jerusalem and they went along innocently not intentionally, innocently. That means this is the group of people who don't have maturity. They are swayed by Absalom. Verse 13 says, Now a messenger came to David saying, The hearts of the men of Israel are with Absalom. He won the hearts of people. 
people want their leaders for pleasure, pleasure, and leaders want people for power. Power and pleasure. Did you see God in this equation? No. Neither Aaron was supposed to go and seek the Lord. Aaron did not. People were supposed to seek the Lord, but they sought for the leader. If there is no God in the equation, you are tend to fall. Finally, Adonijah in 1 Kings chapter 5, he did the same thing like his father Absalom. He had with one of his women. He did the same thing. Solomon wants to be king. David wants to make him. And then in 1 Kings chapter 5, you see Adonijah did the same thing as Absalom. He hired 50 people to run before his chariot. People who come to leaders for pleasure's sake. They want their pastor to dance to their tunes. If people don't like, if the pastor doesn't dance to their tunes, they will fire him. They don't want their pastor to listen to their God. They want their pastor to listen to them. Don't ever hire or select a shepherd that will listen to you. Hire a shepherd who will listen to God. They will bless you and your families. The second question that I wanted to address this morning. What's the time frame? How long is too long? Are we rushing things? I can only say from what God says. I will show you what God's heart is and you decide. Numbers chapter 27 verse 17 as we looked in Moses' last words of his life. Once again I want us to consider the last words. He says, who shall go out before them and come in before them? Who shall lead them out and bring them in? That the congregation of the Lord may not be as sheep that has no shepherd. What's God's heart? He cannot see his sheep without a shepherd. Zechariah chapter 10 verse 2. For the household gods utter nonsense. And the diviners see lies. They tell false dreams and give empty consolation or empty comfort. Therefore, the people wander like sheep. They are afflicted for the lack of shepherd. Because there is no shepherd, the sheep is afflicted. God's heart is not to have the sheep without a shepherd. That's his heart. Finally, Jesus himself, Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. In the original language, it says he cried for them. When Jesus saw the sheep without a shepherd, because they, have, they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. God's heart is this, bottom line. You go from first page till the last page of the Bible. You will never see God saying, okay. He cannot, by nature he cannot see his sheep without a shepherd. But the good news is we have Jeff until December 31st. We can find a shepherd if we kneel down and pray. If we kneel down and fast and pray, God will send us a shepherd by then. The third question that I want to answer, where to look? When Moses was leaving, 
he raised Joshua. He was right next there. God didn't have to look outside. When David was leaving, Solomon was by his side. When Elijah wanted to go, Lord, kill me. God said, no, no, no. I will not kill you. I will lift you up. But before you come, you can just come like this. You have to train someone. He trained Elisha before he went to heaven. Jesus trained his disciples before he went to his father. And disciples discipled disciples before they left. So the best bet for you and for me is to look within first. It's biblical. If you don't have anybody within, then look locally. Don't go to New York downtown who raps and if you bring him to the country singing, it won't match. Look within. Look locally. If you don't find locally, then you need to pray even harder. Can God bring a guy from Nigeria to pastor you? Yes, he can. Don't bet on that 0.001 percentage. Seek the Lord. Look for his people. We have a good shepherd. A shepherd who paid every last drop of blood for you and for me and for this church. In John's gospel, when you come to Hebrews, you will find a great shepherd who perfects you, who sanctifies you, and makes more like Jesus himself. And finally, you will see a chief shepherd in 1 Peter 5. This shepherd is coming back. When he comes back, he's not going to give you a, a crown with leaves, an unfading crown. This chief shepherd will bestow upon your head. Be faithful in this calling. Be faithful. Let us all look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come before you. We come before you with a need, Lord. We need a shepherd. In Jeremiah, you promised that you will give a shepherd after your own heart. Lord, would you do that for us, Lord, as a congregation? Would you send a shepherd for us, Lord, who's after your heart, who's called by you, who's consecrated by the elders, and who's chosen by us, Lord? Do that for your glorious name's sake. In Jesus' name we pray. Church Gulf Breeze at FBC Gulf.